Anytime, guys. Block hey. Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Sharpshooter funding one in, and it kind of makes more sense to have us be introduced and then come on instead of have a commercial. But anyway, I'll I'll, uh, I'll speak to him. He's a young kid. Uh, it is Monday again. How is everybody doing today? We have Granny Hulkster with us. We have the icon with us as usual, and also the legend, Pretty Boy Doug Masters, on with us as well. And you know, I, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, and we'll go over some fast lane, and we'll go over some WrestleMania previews and things like that. But icon, I think it's funny that. Uh, Doug, yeah, I got Doug Masters from Oklahoma was on, mm-hmm. uh, came came on with us just as you got done talking about how much you hate Oral Roberts University, which is located <laughs> in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I, I just thought that was kind of ironic. That was all right, man. Oral Roberts, that's a that's a that's a uh, kind of a church college there. Yeah, yeah it's a little bit of a religious college. Yeah, a religious yeah, college. Yeah. What's, What's cool? There's my you, knee, re- my knee replacements I had, my knee replacements I had was right across the Oklahoma Surgical Hospital, which they only do surgeries there, and top five in the United States. Uh, is that right? It's <coughs> right across the street from there. Right across the street from there. So, then you, well, uh, you speaking? Huh? Yeah. Did you uh, did you want to go to Oral Roberts and get healed? <laughs> no, you know what? I had to, I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put that uh, that hospital over again, man. They had some. They were really fine, man. Only thing they did with that was surgeries. You didn't go there with the flu or nothing. They just did surgeries. So it was put. I put that whole step over. I've been there. I don't know six, seven times. So. And uh, I, no, ju- yeah. I just wanted to say as well. Speaking of shameless plugs, I do just want to say as well. 
this Sunday, March 17th. I'm not sure on the time yet. Icon's going to get that to me, hopefully, by the end of the broadcast. But if you are in the Fargo, North Dakota area, even if you're not in the Fargo, North Dakota area, and you like college basketball, you like potentially bringing a little bit of money, and you like some entertainment, you like live music, good food, and celebrity uh, appearances, as well as a pretty nice hotel. I've been there myself. Uh, Sunday, March 17th, the Holiday Inn in Fargo, North Dakota. Check it out. It's the Maui Madness event put on by Bob Footit. They do this every single year. Uh, somebody is going to Hawaii in this March Madness thing. So it's always a great thing they do. They raise a lot of money. Uh, it's for a good cause. And uh, they send somebody on vacation. The year I went, Mick Foley was a special guest. Billy Gunn was there. Uh, as well as uh, a couple of independent wrestling companies and leagues. Uh, Sly Fox was there as well, somebody who's been on our show several times. Uh, and this year is going to be Mariah Prussia. Again, Mariah's a, a great friend of the show, a great community figure. And she's being sponsored by Attitude Era Live. Well, yes, she is. And and she uh, she is a great friend of the show, a great figure for the city you know, of, uh, of, of Fargo. But also, here's a big one. Here's a big one. Animal from LOD. Oh, yeah. He's going to be there. That's cool. So, I've seen, seen him plugging that on Facebook or whatever, doing a promo about that. Yeah, I did too. I did too. So uh, I'll, I'll let you guys know here real quick that uh, Attitude Air Live is sponsoring a bracket this year, and the winner of that bracket will get an autograph. Uh, 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 not all our guests, but uh, a good percentage of them, they will receive an autograph from anyone, from everyone. A select number of our guests uh, are going to get an autographed uh, picture from our some of our former guests, as well as an autographed copy of Julie Hart's book. And I'm still waiting for Doug to send some pictures. We're going to give one of those away. Uh, there'll be, uh, there'll be collector's cards uh, featuring Mariah Prussia. That'll be given away. Uh, the winner of the bracket will also receive an autographed one of one card signed by Mariah Prussia and the icon in gold. Uh, that's card one of one. And uh, the winner of that bracket will receive that card as well. There's no other cards like that, but that one that will be given away. One of one, signed by me and Mariah, in gold. Cool. This one's great. Hey, I got me a, I got me a autograph picture from uh, our last week's one of our last week's guests, Wonder Husky. She sent me an autograph picture. And it had, yeah. It had a, it, it had a fly, yeah. It had a flyer on it. Plug her YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, she sent me a couple too that we're gonna give away in December. Cool. But uh, I want to announce our guest tonight, guys, uh, real quick. Our first guest should be calling in any time. Uh, Charlene uh, McNalla, uh, she'll be on. Uh, then we got uh, Sylvie Silver, and then we got the uh, the award-winning best actor from the film Porky's One and Porky's Two. Roger Wilson, he played Mickey Jarvis. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of have a little roundtable with them. Uh, if you guys have seen the movies, great. Uh, then you can ask them some stuff. I'll ask them, and then uh, then we'll just go around the room. 
And uh, he's got some great stories about being on the set with Alex Karras, uh, who used to play for the Detroit Lions. Uh, he's got some great stuff of uh, uh, just some great stories about this ball bricker. And uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, I got a great uh, three. I'm going to ask my three top questions. And hopefully I don't steal you guys' thunder. But uh, then you guys can ask what you want. You know, if you've seen the film, do you want to ask him something about the film? Uh, we'll talk to him about that. And he might even be able to hook us up with some cast members from the film as well that are still alive. Cool. So, yeah, so we're going to have some fun. So this uh, this raw episode uh, is 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 getting pretty intense. I don't know if you guys are watching it. No, no, I'm not. I I didn't even get to see the pay per view because I was stuck at a uh, casino. I was supposed to see Tracy Lawrence this weekend, but his concert was postponed. We didn't know that until we got there, and then when we tried to get back to our hotel. Eight miles away, they closed the interstate, so we got stuck at the hotel. But I want to say something real quick here. I want to thank every single staff member and security member from the Dakota Magic Casino in Hankinson, North Dakota, mile marker one between North Dakota and South Dakota border. I want to thank you all for taking care of my father when he was ailing. Uh, He needed a room. He needed sleep. Of course, he's, uh, he's, he's got no knees left. Being a, uh, being a military veteran, they were able to get him in a room. They were able to take care of him. And I want to thank every single member of the staff that helped us at Dakota Magic Casino. If you want to go to a great casino, Hankins in North Dakota, mile marker one, South Dakota between the South Dakota and North Dakota border, that's where you want to go. Now, how far is that from you of a drive? 65 miles. Okay, so not too bad. Not too bad. No. Um, but but in this weather, and I say this weather, meaning the weather that I've experienced in my time in Fargo, uh, it, it probably takes a little longer, I'd imagine, because I mean you guys get more snow than I think anywhere else on the planet. So and it's, it's getting it's worse. Be, it's getting worse. It's March. Like in 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 a week and a half, it's the first official day of spring. How is it getting worse? <laughs> well, because we uh, we had a blizzard this weekend that dumped another foot of snow on us. And uh, oh, we're expecting another another blizzard this Thursday that's going to bring another foot of snow. And uh, they're, um, they're projecting that the Red River will flood. Hopefully it won't be as bad as uh, 97 or 2009 or 2010. However, you know, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but I saw a guy standing by the river. You know, he was waving his toothbrush the other day. And I asked him what he was doing. He said, I'm waiting for the crest. So, so I, I wish I had. A, I, I'm going to start plugging in sound effects for either crickets or the little drum roll, the bada-doom ones, or you know something like that. How so about I can, a, uh, hey, I can hit it. hey, big swing. How about a gong? Yeah. You remember the gong show? You know that they used to have on. Oh yeah. They would, you know they had the big gong yeah. and they if they didn't like them they gonged them you know and we need one okay. of those. Okay. Or symbols or something. <laughs> okay, okay. I like that one too. Um, I just well, uh, I'll tell you, you guys, I just, when I used to be a stand-up comedian on my cell phone uh, because a lot of my jokes were 
were bad, and I can admit that. I used to have a sound effect on my cell phone called Pocket Crickets. That actually got oh, more yeah. laughs than, uh, than, mm. uh, the, um, <laughs> than my jokes did, the Pocket Crickets. Well, it's a funny thing. It's a funny idea. Um, so, I, I uh, we, we, we do have the uh, the first caller on uh, with us, and I'm, I'm going to uh, <clears throat> direct them. Uh, I'm going to have you do your thing here in a second. Uh, but I, I did want to um, – I, I do want something I want to play for Granny, which I didn't uh, – it's still uploading. So, once it uploads, uh, I, I'll, I'll play it for her. But I have something uh, – very special uh, that I want to play for her um, after after this first guest. So uh, oh, it is a I, I can hardly I can hardly wait. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be great! It's gonna be great. Um, right. There's can, the puppy um, dogs that sound very unhappy. All right. Well, well, let, let, well, let's go for it here, guys. So let's bring our yes. Uh, it's a 502 area code. I assume that's our first guest. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Let me just. Uh, Press the button, patch them through. There you go. All right, ladies Hi, and gentlemen. Hi, how are you all? Stepping out of the green room and walking <laughs> down the aisle. She is our first guest of the night. And if you say something wrong, she will disqualify you, count you out for 10, or pin you to the mat for the one, two, three. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Charlene McAnally. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you all? background icon before you do this is that is that your like dog noise in the background or something that's going on or who's who's got dogs not me no no dogs. somebody have I mean, I do have dogs here but they're uh they're pretty sure right now <laughs> oh somebody's barking anyway all right continue. <laughs> all right so if you want to give us a little background about yourself then we'll interview you go ahead oh, that sounds good um so so I'm Charlene McNally. Um, I'm based out of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I started to train back about 10 years ago. Um, in the midst of me training, I realized that I wanted to actually referee into a wrestle. And so uh, 2009, 2010, I started refereeing. And now at this point, I've refed for, I've, uh, I ref for uh, a cosplay company that does conventions all across the country. Um, I refereed OVW. I refereed at IWA Mid-South. Um, Girl Fight is another one of my home promotions. I don't currently referee for IWA Mid-South. I did years ago. Um, but that was pretty pretty interesting. <laughs> and uh, some other places around the Midwest. So. All right. Well, in your, uh, you know, in your tenure in the business, you know, you know, you mentioned you, you realized that you'd rather be a referee uh, than a wrestler. But in in your time in the business, working for all these companies, have you experienced any uh, like uh, major uh, or taken any major bumps uh, as a referee? Um. Yeah. Actually, um, one of the scariest bumps I've ever taken uh, was at IWA Mid South. Congo uh, Kong uh, just started started working there, and so did I around the same time. 
and uh, there was a spot where he was going to slash you from the top rope, and I swear to God, went off the top rope. It was like a freaking orb, like an eclipse, <laughs> eclipse of the sun. It was nuts. Like the whole room, I felt like went dark. Wow. Now, did you did you get injured uh, during that exchange? Uh, I mean, I had some bruising, you know, because that's a big dude jumping off the top. Um, so. Um, I don't know what that clicking is in the background, but wherever that's coming from, we need to uh, uh, not uh, have that click. But so, as a as a referee. Now, you know, there's always things you can do. I mean, as a, as an independent wrestler or when you're wrestling, you know, you can always do stuff to hone your craft. Is it the same way yeah. for officials too? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always good for uh, referees to go to seminars. I mean, you learn so much just by picking people's brain, um, asking about their experiences, who their favorite refs are. I mean, there's so many so many things you can learn from continuing to train. Um, we do, at OVW, we do TV review view every week and that's when we sit back and we watch um watch the show and i feel like watching just watching the tape review helps out so much like um we have uh charlene mcnally is our guest here uh what we're going to do here is we're going to take a quick time out uh i had uh, sent you a script uh for a liner that we're going to do we're going to take care of that now and then uh, we'll go around the room and have our other host ask you some questions. I'm going to ask you the tough one. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll count you down from five, and we'll go ahead and do that, and then we'll continue. Okay. Okay, ready? Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, you want me to do just the script. Okay. Hi, this is Charlene McNally, and you're listening to the Attitude Era live with, with the host, the icon, the big swing, the grand, granny holster, and the legend boy, Doug Masters. It's pretty boy, but that's all right. Uh, we, we, can, uh, we can edit I'll that out later. Do, do you want to do it again, or should we just continue, guys? Uh, no. Or, yeah, I'll go ahead and do it again. <clears throat> Go ahead. Five, four, okay. three, two, one. Hey, this is Charlie McNally. You're listening to the Attitude in the Live with the with the host, the icon, the big sweet granny hulkster, and the legend pretty boy Doug Masters. Well, I'll tell you what. What we can do is we can uh, edit those uh, two together, and we'll we'll make it work. That was great. Uh, well, I'll tell you. There what. we go. I mean, it, it works for me, man. I, I'm already in the process of doing it. All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, we'll start with uh, Doug. What do you got for our guest? And we'll go to Grant, and then we'll go to Big Swing. What do you got, Doug? Hello. Hello, it's Pretty Boy Doug Masters. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Hey. Uh, not bad. Not bad. Hey, uh, how old was you when you broke into the business? And man, and uh, what? I know you said you was wanting to be a, ra- a wrestler, then you decided you wanted to be a reference. And uh, who trained you? Yeah. And what? Who trained you to do that? And kind of did you grow up watching the business or just something that you went to a show to, to see somebody see some on the boys work or, or how did you go about what what popped your mind saying hey i want to do that um so when it comes to wrestling like i always grew up as a fan and then for a little bit there's a few years i stopped watching 
and then I kind of rediscovered it uh, in 2006, uh, and then moved back to Kentucky in 2007, and I wanted to start training. Uh, I wanted to originally train at OVW, but at that time you have to, you know, and it's still that's still the case. You have to be 18 years old to get a Kentucky wrestling license. Um, so I've met some people. I think back in the day it was actually MySpace. This is a throwback. <laughs> so I started talking to different people on MySpace about training. Um, and one of the schools that I found out about was uh, CCW, and it, it was a show that was running in Jeffersonville, Indiana, right across the bridge from Louisville. And um, so I went ahead and started training there for about a month, and some things happened with the building, um, but then I reconnected with some of the trainers and decided I was going to ref. So so I trained, like I said, some of the people I trained with were with OVW back in the day. And then I can uh, I started traveling with different people. So I feel like there's a few people that I traveled with my my beginner years. Um, like I traveled a lot with Mamet and Pondo, so he's helped me out a lot. Awesome, awesome. And all the uh, tell me what was your favorite match you've ever rest? Hardcore cage match that I've uh, ever rest? Mm. Yeah, so far. So oh. hard question. We all there's all kinds of matches, you know. So yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. Um. There's a couple of matches that are just pretty cool because I got to work with these people. Um, do you remember the lead singer from Guar? Like the original Not lead all, singer? Man, no, I don't. Okay, it's uh, Dave Dave Brocky. Um, so he's the lead singer of Guar, and um, he's a big wrestling fan. So somebody I know wanted to like with a huge, is a huge Guar fan, and they wanted to wrestle him. So we brought him in for a show. So I got to referee um, the lead singer of Guar's one of his last wrestling match. And then I got to work with Jerry Lynn before he retired. I was his second to last match ever, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Awesome. That's all the yeah. question I got for you tonight. That's all I got for you, ma'am. Well, right, Sean show. Sean McNally, uh-huh. Sean, uh, Charlene McNally's our guest here. We got about uh, uh, 24 minutes here left, give or take. Uh, okay. Granny, you're up next. What do you got? Well, uh, this is Granny Holkster, and we're glad you're on the show with us tonight. Glad to have you. Um, whether okay. it was when you were wrestling or refereeing, what was your most, I would say, challenging match that you ever were involved in? Uh, recently, I refereed a no-rope match. Uh, it was kind of like amateur-style rules. So, like, if you got knocked off the platform, that would be a point. Um <clears throat> Like if you if you got pinned, I mean it would just be like a normal pinfall, like one, two, three, you know, not like uh. It was, it was just interesting because I've never been a part of anything like that. Like I've refereed like steel cage matches, uh, multi-man tag scramble matches, but it's a different it's a different beast. Like when you're up there and you're refing and there's no ropes, you know, um, mm-hmm. you have to definitely be aware of ring placement because uh, you, you can definitely get hurt, you know, falling off of that. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. So no, that was, that was probably the challenge. I would say that was probably the challenge, most challenging, because I've never, I've never seen a match like that <laughs> either. You know, so other than like at WrestleMania, but that was like a, wasn't that like the brought the uh, Big Show match? I'm trying to think. It was like WrestleMania 21, but it was a, a uh, what is that? Sumo wrestling, not actually, you know, not the same mm-hmm. type of premise mm-hmm. of what uh, this match was going for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you always hear people talk about how they say wrestling is fake. 
Um, you know, I was at an independent show one time, and there was a little boy that had yeah. a poster. And I really liked what it said. It said, wrestling is real, people are fake. What's your opinion about that statement? Um, <laughs> I would agree. I would definitely agree with that. Um, there's a lot of times, I mean, there's a lot of people that say you're, they're your friends. I mean, I feel like that's, that's life in general, though, you know, um, mm-hmm. with any, anybody you deal with. I mean, there's going to be people you're going to be nice to and that are your friends, but there's people that are definitely fake, and you just got to, you just gotta overlook them. Nice, you gotta you know? overlook them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, everything you do in the ring is real. You know, the bumps you take are real. The emotion you're oh, showing. Yeah. I mean, it's so. Yeah. So well, the reason why I, yeah, the, re- <laughs> the the reason why I brought that up is because uh, yeah. Saturday night, a really good friend of mine that has been in this business for years. I mean, he's done independent shows for gosh, I I don't know how many years. And the guy he was wrestling. They've wrestled together, you know, against each other, with each other for many years as well. And um, Fuel, he actually slipped off the rope and his foot hit Triple R right in the face. And I guess he ended up breaking, I mean, fracturing part of his nose and busted a bone in his face. And basically... Uh, mm-hmm. From what I've been reading on Facebook, my friend's going to have to um, basically give up the wrestling because you know, of the of what happened. I mean, and that's just a perfect mm-hmm. example, you know, how people can get hurt. It wasn't intentional, obviously, but that's why, you know, I, I, I always like to ask, you know, that opinions of wrestlers and referees, what they think of, you know, that opinion, because so many people think that wrestling is fake, you know, but. Sometimes people do get really hurt, you know, and and it's yeah. sad, you know, but <clears throat> that's all I've got, uh, Icon. All right. Uh, Charlene McNally is our guest here. We have um, 20 minutes here left. Uh, Big Swing, what do you got uh, for our guest before I ask the tough question? Uh, well, I can't guarantee it's going to be a tough question, but I guess I'll ask. Um, the The main <laughs> thing, and now you've done both. Very, very few people do both, uh, are on both sides of the fence when it comes to wrestling and refereeing. Uh, which one do you think is more difficult? I, I mean, honestly, some people, you would think it would be the athleticism that's needed to be, you know, a wrestler, but then some people would think that it's the, you know, the discipline and the attention to detail or whatever that it would be to be a referee. I mean, which one have you found uh, took you know, took more to really get the hang of and, and is more difficult to perform, you know, at, at the top of your game at? Well, I've never actually wrestled. Like I said, I've had one match. I've, I've oh, all right. Well, you still have to train um, for so, it, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they both for their own beast. I mean, they're. I don't really – like, when it comes to – like I said, I can't really – I can't <laughs> – I can't put myself in the shoes of being a wrestler because I've never, like I said, I've I've trained a little bit um, and realized, you know, that that was not for me. Um, some things I could give my honest opinion on is, like, managing. I did manage for a little bit okay. um, when I started wrestling. Like, we did, like, a heel. They kind of made me, like, a, a Sherry Martell type character. Um, like, I dressed in, like, prom dresses and stuff like that when, when I was, like, super young. I was, like, 18, 19. Uh, but, I mean, especially, like, with 
roughing versus managing, it's all about placement and um, making sure you know your cues and things like that. I mean, because the thing is, the thing that's annoying about working with some managers now that I've done both is they don't like pay attention to the rest, you know, like they don't know how to protect, protect the rest. Um, a lot of times they just want to cheat right in front of the rest and that's frustrating, especially because it's like, you're not working with me, you're working against me. So. <laughs> nice. Well said. Well, I kind of, that was my main running. question, so. All right, uh, Charlotte oh, McNally is uh, our, our guest here. Uh, we have um, about uh, 18 minutes left with Charlene here. Now I'm going to ask you some tough questions. Okay. Uh, and I always ask every guest this, uh, uh, any, uh, any of our independent guests this. It's actually a two-part question. Now, as an okay. independent wrestler slash referee, you know, you can – you can go to any company you want. You can control your own destiny, do what you want. But let's say that the WWE were to call you up and say that they wanted you to be a referee. Is that something that you want to do? Uh, because they, uh, you know, when you get there, they control all aspects of your life. You can do this. You can't do this. You can do this, that. And here's a two-part question. Is that something that you want to do? Do you want to stay independent? And two, if you do get that big contract, because we know you got the drive to do that, would you not big time us and still be our friend and still talk to us when you get that million dollar contract? <laughs> well, I would I would hope I wouldn't turn turn uh, turn my back on people, right? <laughs> um, no, I would. I, there's a lot. Of, and I just think it's kind of it's kind of cruddy when you know they're they just don't talk to people anymore. You know, like I understand people are busy, um, but there's no reason not to at least keep in contact. You know. It's not that hard to say, hey, how are you? You know what I mean? Things like that. Um, but when you said the two-part question, huh? I mean, if anybody tells you that they don't want to work for WWE, they're a liar. And that's my honest opinion. I think mm-hmm. if people say they don't want to work for WWE, they're just lying to themselves. Because everybody gets into wrestling. Well, everyone watches wrestling and what's the main thing. That's like saying you want to be a football player and you don't want to play for the NFL. Like, it makes no sense to me. Um, so yeah, of course, if WWE came <laughs> came knocking on my door, yeah, I would quit my my normal nine to five, my comfortable nine to five job, and go to WWE. That's like following my dreams, you know. Um, my dreams didn't necessarily. I never wanted to just sit behind a desk, you know, for my full time job, and that's what I'm at right now. So. That's awesome. And you heard it here, folks. She said she still talked uh-huh. to us. Uh, but uh, and she's one of the few female guests that doesn't have a restraining order on me yet. So yet is the key word there. Uh, so <laughs> with your with, with okay, your, what's your uh, name on Facebook again? Uh, it's private. Uh, with <laughs> with, uh, with your uh, current schedule, do you uh, do you try and uh, uh, work? You know, once a weekend, every couple weeks, once a month, twice a month. Uh, off as you can, uh, go wherever you, wherever you can, wherever they need somebody. What, what's your schedule like as a referee compared to like a, a wrestler? Um, I mean, it's about the same. I mean, I'll, I take as many bookings I feel like as, as the boys do. Um, right now in the winter time, you know, I've noticed a trend over the years. I mean, it's slower. Uh, maybe do like. Currently, I'm doing maybe like eight to ten shows a month, which 
you know, I don't like, I want to do more. Um, summertime, it's usually like 20 dates a month, I'd say. So right now it's kind of slow when it comes to wrestling. Um, but I mean, I'm still, I'm still there like throughout the week at OVW, like going to classes and stuff. So, um, just cause the actual shows are slowing down is slower right now. doesn't mean that I'm not picking up in other areas. So. That's awesome. So, you know, being, being busy like that, and, you know, it's always, it's always good to stay busy, you know, that way you don't have to worry yeah. about this or that or, you know, if you're coming or going because, you, you know, you set up. Uh, you set up. Now, when you're, when you're doing your refereeing thing uh, yeah. and, you know, you know what kind of match that you're going to be refereeing, like obviously you know who the two combatants are. Do you guys go over the match? And say uh, and say this is the this is our high points. This is what we want to hit. This is the story we want to tell. Or is that not really done anymore? Is it just kind of uh, go out there and make it happen? Well, some people. My thing with like those kind of matches, I just I don't want to know what's going to happen. I mean, if other people want to know what's going to happen, that's cool. I I just don't like I only it, unless it's something that I need to know. I don't want to know anything. I just want to, like, live in the moment. I don't want to, like I said, unless it's something specifically that it's like, hey, we need you to know this so you don't mess it up, then that's the only time I want to know. And, because uh, when I, the first time you actually see it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a natural reaction, not something you can tell it's phony. Is there, you know... You know, you always talk about, you know, gimmick matches and this and that. Yeah. Now, is there any type of match that you won't do, or is there a match that you really want to do that you haven't had the opportunity to do yet? A scaffolding match. That would be pretty cool. I'm, now, I've never done a scaffolding match. Now, I, I feel like I've done most gimmicky matches. Um, I did a Hell in the Cell type match. Um, back in December, um, I've done ref still cage matches, casket matches, ladder matches. Like I said, all kinds of different tag matches. You know, uh, no DQs, time limit, like thirty minute Ironman matches. So yeah, I'd say cat scaffold match would be the match I definitely referee. Um, just because I have done any, a gimmick. Is there yet. any kind of match? Is there any kind of match that you won't do? No, I mean I've done death matches and stuff. I don't. Doesn't bother me. Um, I just, you know, I, I make sure just to cover myself up completely. So, um, wear safety goggles. I had an incident this summer where, uh, <laughs> um, kind of took a light tube, um, where the girl was stuck on the light tube, hit it on her head, and then the other half of the light tube ended up hitting me in the face. Well, luckily I had, um, the safety goggles on, so, protected me. So, you know, you mentioned there there isn't any type of match that you would do. And I know this question may sound kind of funny, but I'm just going to kind of throw it out there because, uh, you know, we got Charlie McNally's our guest, probably the greatest independent wrestler, wrestling referee in the game today. we got about 10 minutes left. Well, let me ask you this. Um, uh, let's say they want to do a, a, a gimmick match with two referees, okay? Uh, okay. Like a referee, uh, a referee in a um, in a cage match. You know, the uh, uh, first one to let the uh, let the uh, referee out of the cage to count their opponent down wins the match. Uh, how about something like that? 
So you just want a like a cage match between the two? What? Well, well, here's the deal. Uh, and okay. I think I just invented the match. We'll we'll call it the the icon match. Uh, the referee, the referees are re- wrestling, right? The okay. and the referee would yeah. be in like a like a like a cage or like a cell, and they have to oh, get a key okay. to unlock the referee so they can win the match. What do you think? Sure. There you go. And if anybody steals my idea. Yeah, uh, I will see you in court because that's my idea. That's my dream match. You know, next to uh, Icon on a forklift match uh, would be would be another Icon one. Icon on a forklift. Hmm. Man, the forklift that sounds like a really dangerous situation. I don't know about that. That's a dangerous. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a dangerous situation. Well, we have uh, you know we're gonna have a guest on in a couple months. Uh, Judy Bagwell. She was. Uh, she was involved in the Judy Bagwell on a forklift match where she won the tag team titles. And we're going to ask her about how dangerous really is being up there. But, uh, you know, I want, if, if they're willing to pay me enough to go up on a forklift, I'll take it uh, just as long as the platform's big enough, you know. So when is your next uh, big event? Where is it? Uh, what time is it? Uh What's the venue, and if our fans want to come out and see you, where can they get tickets, or uh, tell us about your next big event that you got coming up that you're scheduled for, or if you've got a couple ones that you know, let us know. Um, so every Wednesday you can come to, come to the Davis Arena at 4400 Old Shepherdsville Road in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, show starts at 7 o'clock. It's seven $7 to get in, um, but, I mean, you can also watch it on TV on Saturdays. Uh, but my next bit, like, I would say my big show that I'm looking forward to um, is going to be, I'm actually doing a show with T, I work for uh, TNT, it's Trot and True, they're based out of Nashville, and they're partnering up with Impact for a show on uh, April uh, 12th. So. And uh, we uh, we have uh, Charlie McDonald, we got about uh, seven minutes left here. Uh, real quick here, because... Uh, our fans all know the ego questions are about to come out. Uh, first one, the icon uh, made you a uh, collector's car. What was your thought on that? Uh, it's pretty cool because it's a collector's card. Um, so <laughs> the picture's kind of funny now to look at it because of somebody getting choked on the ropes and the picture underneath, it looks like I'm in just mid-sentence, like, uh, duh. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, tried to, I, I, always, I always try and find the, the, the two best pictures I can find, but, you know, sometimes it, you know, it just goes like it goes. And the other thing is, yeah. uh, you know, we got a big uh, giveaway showing up and uh, showing up, coming up in December, and we were wondering if you might be <laughs> willing to uh, send us a few autographs for giveaways for that show that we got coming up. Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. Well, what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll text you or text you. I'll uh, send you send you the address on messenger, whatever you can uh, send us. We'd appreciate. It. But of course, you know, if you could sign one of the icons for uh, uh, for my ego collection, I would appreciate that as well. All right. Awesome. Uh, real quick here before you wrap this up, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out, or if there's a promoter out there. Uh, that wants to hire you. You got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter. Uh, what do you got out there? And I got everything. <laughs> um, 
So if you go on Facebook, you can look up Referee Charlene, and you'll find me on Facebook. That's, like, uh, where I keep all my bookings and everything I'm up to. Um, you can also go on to Twitter. Uh, it's Indie Girl or Indie Ref Charlene. It's I-N-D-Y-R-E-F, and then my name's Charlene, C-H-A-R-L-E-N-E. And on Instagram, it's uh, Indie Girl Ref, I-N-D-Y, Girl, and then R-E-F. Um, That's awesome. So uh, our fans will uh, check you out, and, uh, you know, you're one of my uh, good friends on Facebook, and I appreciate that. Uh, uh, it's been awesome, and uh, we, uh, if we haven't scared you way too much, we would like to have you on again at uh, some point, uh, maybe around the uh, summertime, uh, so you can okay. give us an update on what you've been up to. That, that sounds great. I look forward to it. All right. Do you guys have anything else before our guests, before uh, – she goes and uh, watches a videotape for the next uh for the next uh her next showing. I don't. I don't either. You're doing a good job of uh laying out everything I wanted to know, so yeah, I think we're good. Awesome. Well I'll tell you what, Charlene, we want to thank you for joining us and uh you've been awesome and uh we will we will be in touch and uh we'll get you on again at some point. All right. Well thanks for having me. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Charlene McAnally, ladies and gentlemen, the one, two, three, countdown, count out, and count in, the referee specialist, Charlene McAnally. All right, guys, that was an awesome interview. Our next guest should be uh, calling in shortly. Uh, we're expecting yes, yes, Sylvie Silver. So, so I just uh, wanted to say, I don't know if you guys saw what happened over the weekend um, but I am, as you know, sitting here in the uh, in the radio studio, the ESPN studio, and I have all the uh, football stuff running up on the screen next to me here. And uh, for those of you who don't know, um, or or those of you who who care, um, Antonio Brown was traded to the uh, to the Raiders this weekend um, for a third and a fifth. And right, uh, they also got Trent Brown. Weirdly enough, they went after two guys with the Brown last name who was a big offensive lineman for the Patriots. He was a pro bowler, so that's going to help them out. They ha- they still have their first three their their uh three first round picks. So you get Antonio Brown, Trent Brown or their their uh three first round picks plus they're the top team right now in the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes. So uh I know this is a wrestling show not a sports show, but I just wanted to uh tell Granny that um something that she you know something that she may, you know, have to get used to hearing here uh, in, in the next, oh, I don't know, year or so. Let me just refresh this page. There it is. Uh, she might have to get used to hearing now. Uh, Touchdown Raiders! Just, uh, oh, <laughs> you're just you're just so full of sunshine, big swing. And I just wanted you, you to get prepared take, for you, it. You, you can just take that clip and, and shove it because <laughs> I don't like the Raiders. And that's why you did it, because you know I don't like the Raiders. And, yes, fans, Granny does not like the Raiders. I despise them. I, I am a Raider <laughs> hater from the word go. So you know, you know that's okay. Said, you know what the Raiders should do? The Raiders, as as tough as they just seem, they should all sit sit on the sidelines and smoke. The Raiders are so tough, they smoke in bed face down, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. 
Yes, they do. And they're also going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns this season. See, I, 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 Granny, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but I said it on my radio show this morning, uh, and, and I think I'm going to back it up here. I understand the Patriots are a very good team. Um, Patriots are a dynasty type of team that, that seem to get it done and make adjustments. But I think, I think the Chiefs might have blown their chance here. Um, the Chiefs may, you know, they just got rid of Justin Houston today. The, the Chiefs had their opportunity this season, and uh, the Oakland Raiders may be putting themselves in position well, here. We'll just, to be we'll, a just see, we'll just see what happens, you know. And I mean, I mean, I will, you know, win or lose, I will always be a Chiefs fan no matter what. I mean, just plain and simple. That's who I like, and that's who I always have liked. And we, and, uh, can we get one more? I think we can get one more. Touchdown Raiders! But anyway. Um, oh, you're so, funny. You're funny, Big but, but, Swing. But so. for real, for real, Grady, though, before we move on to the wrestling thing here, I did see a, I did see a meme, and that's actually what made me think of this clip, was um, I saw a meme earlier that, uh, I think it was yesterday, or, or it might have been Sunday, or yesterday was Sunday, or Saturday, and made me think of you, but I, uh, I just... I didn't save it. I should have saved it, but it was, uh, it was this big, it was like this play by play call. And it was like, uh, Oh my God, he's like Antonio Brown catches the touchdown, you know, with no time left. Derek Carter, Antonio Brown, like touchdown Raiders as time expires. But the chiefs, uh, your final score chiefs, 47 Raiders, seven. <laughs> you know, so like he let the touchdown as time expired, but it's our, shut our- Calling in here shortly, guys. So be watching for that. But I'm waiting uh, for it. Um, now, Drew McIntyre is on the screen. For those of you who are watching Raw right now, he's in a Falls Count Anywhere match with Dean Ambrose. So about time they finally get a little hardcore on Raw. I'm I'm, I'm loving it. And uh, well, so he want... came out and blindsided Roman Reigns a few minutes ago. McIntyre did so. And. Uh... As long as we're waiting for our next guest, I, I want to do a quick announcement for who we got on coming next week. Okay. Uh, we have uh, another three-guest show. You guys wouldn't believe we're actually having three guests on. Uh, we're going to have uh, Don Grace, okay? Uh, we're going to have Hazel Annie is going to be on with us, and Diana Hart-Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody knows who that is. Wow. Wow, mm. yes. See, that'll be I, amazing. Not that I'm breaking. Not that I'm bragging, but of course I am. The icon is the one that finds all these people. The icon is the one that gets all these wrestlers. And when someone actually wants to get in my face and discount me, saying that I'm not uh, what I say I am, I I don't do what I say I can do, this is a family show, so I'm not going to tell you what I think about you, but uh, I rank you right up there with Kevin Owens, IPFUW and Oral Roberts. Okay? Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, I got it. This is the first I'm hearing. Honestly, this is the first I'm hearing of Oral Roberts. I, uh, you know, you went on a little tirade off the air about them. Uh, I've always known, you've always hated the Saints and Drew Brees for whatever reason, because Drew Brees is like a really good guy. You've always hated the Packers, which I get because you're a Vikings fan. You always complain about South Dakota State for whatever the hell reason. Uh, it's the first time I'm I'm actually hearing anything about Oral Roberts, and it's it's actually entertaining to me because it's like obviously out here in New York, it's not a school we deal with very often. Um, but just to hear your impassioned 
hatred for it is uh, is amazing. And IPFW as well, Purdue Fort Wayne. Uh, for whatever reason, other than being in your conference, uh, you don't seem to to like it at all either. So. I got to ask it. I don't know why I'm getting into this on a wrestling show, but I have to ask it because the inner inner sports journalist is coming out. Uh, You've explained briefly your beef with Oral Roberts. You've explained, obviously, the South Dakota ones and all this and whatnot. What is your beef with IPFW? Well, I'll tell you. It happened in uh, 2009. Uh, No, no, 2000. It was 2009 or 2010. I can't remember which year it was. But uh, Kelly Lopez was a senior for uh, our North Dakota State uh, University volleyball team. We had won 36 games in a row, okay? Then came Black Saturday. We were going for the championship to go into the big dance, okay? And uh, we had lost the football game that afternoon, and then we lost in basketball the, the next event. And then that night, uh, we were going to steamroll our IPFW, and we were going to defeat them and go on to uh, the big dance in volleyball. Okay. They took us to five games. They were playing so far over their head. They were so unconscious that night. They beat us. And if you look, if you ever go into the Benson Bunker Fieldhouse, you'll see uh, championships for the Summer League 2008. 2009, 2011, and there's one year missing. It should say 2008, 2009, IPFW in 2011 <coughs> is what the sign should say. So, uh, and we had we had probably we had the greatest volleyball team in the history of Summit League in those 36 games. Coach Eric Hinderstocker was the coach. Great coach, great friend of mine. Miss him dearly to this day. Uh, he's now at Mark Marquette, I do believe. Uh, his alma mater, he's coaching there. Oh, so, so, uh, so he's at a real Lopez. school, that's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, Kelly Lopez and Jay Lowe uh, are now the coach and assistant coach here at a volleyball program. They've turned it around, so we should be good in contention this coming season. So – be looking for that. You know, I'll be talking about that when the season starts. So you, so, so, so you have such an impassioned hatred for IPFW because of a volleyball game. Right. Right. Okay. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. So is our guest on yet? Um, no. I mean, let me refresh the page, but I don't believe so. No. There's nobody on the line. Just, just, the, four, right. just I- the four of us. But then, then, right, I'm, just I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try and call her and try and get her on. All right, you guys, hold on a second. You do what you gotta do, man. But anyways, so Granny, how's the weather down there in Arkansas? And also you, uh, it, was, Doug, it, you know, it, it, it was it was nice today. They're talking for rain, mm-hmm. maybe tomorrow and Wednesday and possibly Thursday. But I mean, we had a little bit of snow like last weekend, but it wasn't much i mean it was just like probably not even an inch you know but i mean we haven't had no major major snow like some places have had so yeah no snow it, it, it snowed here in oklahoma a couple weeks ago i think last week but uh i'm not far from granny so whatever we're gonna get tomorrow after midnight tonight it's supposed to start raining not quit for two days so 
you'll be getting that after we did. He always moves. Yeah, away. yeah. Well, that that they said it's supposed to start raining here tomorrow, and the next yeah. couple of days it's supposed to rain quite a bit. So. Yeah, about four. Yeah, I wasn't there. sure. I wasn't sure if Oklahoma got snow. Oh we yeah, do, brother. Yeah, we get it, but we don't get it much. We haven't really had a major they usually, storm until they usually get more ice and they get snow. We get I ice, mean, yeah. Ice, yeah. It was uh, I think fourteen years ago. With I know Arkansas might have got it too. We got that big snowstorm with electric was off for about a week and a half, I think, for a whole week. Yeah, that was that big. That was that big ice storm uh, in two thousand and nine. Okay, I'm, I can remember laying in bed at night and listening to the trees crack and sound like shotguns. Mm-hmm. Going off. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Oh, it was bad. You know, you couldn't get no. My my front my storm. front yard my my front yard looked like a war zone <laughs> with all the tree limbs down in my front yard. I had oh. to. I mean, walk around tree branches. It was like an obstacle course. Now, Doug, yeah. you're not in a you're, you're not in a tornado section of Oklahoma, are you? Oh yeah, more tornado alley right here in northeastern Oklahoma. I'm I'm in Newlago, Oklahoma, which is about uh, 30 miles. I'm the suburb of Tulsa. I'm about 20 miles. Hey guys, 28 miles. Yeah. Hey guys, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, real quick, our guest's going to be calling in for two min- uh, in about two minutes, but. Uh, We'll have to go to them because our, our next guest comes on at uh, uh, 15 after the hour, so this will be a rushed interview, unfortunately, but uh, we'll go to it when she calls in. Okay, cool. So we won't have much time with this guest, but we are Tornado we Alley where I live. And what's funny, when I was living in Oregon working for Don Owens back up there, people up there was watching – was wanting to come to Oklahoma and Texas and Arkansas and watch chasing storms and storm chasers. They wanted to be one of them. And I, and I said, no, you don't, man. Uh, they take, well, are you near Moore, the town of Moore? Oh, yeah. Moore yeah, Moore's about an hour and a half from me. It's about, it's, you know, it's about two hours from me. Cause, uh, I mean, Oklahoma talk City about having a, bad luck. I mean, 2009, uh, 1999, 2011, and 2013, the city's been leveled three times. That that's got to be terrible oh, to uh for them. Yeah. Oh, it's but bad. I mean, Toby Keith, the country singer, he's from uh he's from Moore, Oklahoma, and that like, I guess the last mm-hmm. one he had a bunch of bunch of his son Granny from him. He had a bunch of singers. Willie Nelson was there, and a bunch of them did a benefit for him. Yeah. And it was just level. Yeah, man, Moore's been leveled a lot. But. So I got right. so, Yeah, she should be. Okay. Uh, I'll watch for the switchboard here. This is actually a pretty good match. This uh, Ambrose and McIntyre, it's no holds barred. It's finally a little hardcore. They're finally doing something, uh, you know, uh, a little, um, well, a little bit. Kind little of bit Dean Ambrose's alley anyway, since he's so crazy. So. Yeah. They said he wasn't going to resign with them. Is that true? Yeah. He's his contract. Well, that's the rumors I've heard. You know that he's not resigning with WWE. So. And he's been doing jobs every week. You know, hadn't been putting him over. So. That might be why. They're. Uh, he's making. You know. I look for him to sign with AWE. I do too. Cody Rhodes. Yeah. All right. Well, we're table. just uh, we're we're just in a we're just in a holding pattern here, waiting for our guests to call in. So that's totally fine. Now, 
my thing is here is everything they can do pretty much everything else, which is interesting. But I know that they've taken away the you know the idea and the possibility of 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 hitting you know your opponent in the head with the chair or with any uh-huh. object or weapon really. Uh, I remember back in the day, one of the big things about a hardcore match or a false kind of match or, or, or one of the biggest things about a chair shot was the thud that it made and and hitting them directly in the head with it. Um, that was part of the, oh, my God, that was, like, believable. Like, when you, you used to watch the Mick Foley stuff, when he used to get hit all the time with the stuff, he used to be like, oh, my God, like, that was brutal. Now, you know, you hit him in the back, and, and I'm sitting here thinking – that doesn't even really look like it would hurt that much, you know. And 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 they're they're, they're flopping around that they just got shot, and, and and I'm sitting there going, it, it really doesn't have the effect to me. So like I get it in a sense of you know I I, I get it in a sense of like you don't you know you want to protect them from concussions, protect them from potential you know CTE down the road and all that stuff. But I mean if they're scripting everything else that they're doing, you know why not just script a chair shot? to the head why not just like you know i know personally that if i'm swinging something i can stop it right before i get to somebody and still make it you know have them lean into it or something and make it look believable but that that chair shot to the head in the attitude era days and and, and a little bit beyond uh was one of the the top holy crap kind of moments for me what, like and, and uh, well the concerto yeah they can never get away with the with, with the concerto anymore so I, I just I don't know, man. I, I just uh, it's it's a little bit lame. Hardcore matches to me now uh, are, are you know a lot more lame than they used to be. That's what they told me. I I get, I get disability every month now because I went to see a psychiatrist when I was applying for it, and she said uh, that I have short term memory, which I do because of all the concussions and all them chair shots, you know. But that was back in the day when. No, there was no padding outside. It was all concrete. And, uh, so, so you took a couple good. as well, huh? I took them, brother, that. And, no, oh, man, just hitting back here on the mat and just over the years, you know. Just, I did, did. I did short-term uh, memory. Did, did you take wow. a chair shot from Jeff Jarrett? Do what now? Did you take a chair shot from Jeff Jarrett? Oh, yeah, man. We used to do that. Oh, him, Robert Fuller. Oh God! I right, like how we do. We do have our caller on, by the way. All right. Well, bring her on, then we'll interview him. Then we we got we got to book through this. So, bring her on. All right. Give me one second. All right, go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is our second combatant of the night. She is going to bring the silver to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Sylvie Silver. Hey, how are you? Hey, guys. This is Sylvie Silver, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, Jenny Hawkster, and the legend, pretty boy, Doug Masters. How how are you guys? We're good. Good. Hey. Well, I'll tell you what. Sylvie Silver is our guest here. we got about 15 minutes here with you. Uh, so we'll just uh, get right to the uh, we'll just get right to the interview here. That accent uh, is amazing, by the way. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Aww. Oh, your boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So well, what is young, it? What what uh what, what is it? Is it like a touch of French or like what what is it exactly? That's what it is. Yes. Oh, I knew it. I I could tell. There you go. I like it. I'm hearing a lot of echo in the background, guys. Me too. Yeah. Um, are you listening to us on a computer or on a radio or how? Because we can hear our broadcast coming through your like feed. I think that's what that is. But um, this is better. Oh uh, yes, that's better. Yes. Okay. Better. Cool, oh, okay. Cool. You know, so, every time I go uh, to the so, state, so, yeah, so and then I want to buy a Coke. Uh, okay. Go ahead, go ahead, go uh, ahead. So, so we'll go ahead and uh, get into the interview here. Uh, how long have you uh, been in the uh, business? Since uh, professionally, 2010. Okay. And uh, would yeah. you consider your would you consider yourself a, a baby face, a heel, uh, an in uh, an in betweeny, or do you let the fans uh, describe uh, decide what you're uh, that you're going to be? Uh, I think I'm in between. I mean, between it depends from the situation and from my opponent. And, you know, I mean, it depends. Uh, more, more on the heel side than the baby face. I used to want that to think that I was a baby face, but naturally, I am not. So, but I still, I still want to be a nice girl. <laughs> Except when I'm well, not. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, though. Even if even if you were healed though with uh, with your accent, how can anybody not love you? I mean, I'm falling in love. Do with you your like my accent? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, your accent. It's amazing. Yeah, just, the way you, just the way you said icon <laughs> uh, uh, with your accent made me fall in love with you all over again. I can see uh, now why you want to answer the phone when I call you because I'd just be talking about your accent all the time. I got that. No, uh, no, no, no. Every time you call me, I'm doing something and I, like I have a difficult time to answer the phone. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you a few more questions here, and then uh, we'll go around the room here. Uh, we got about 14 minutes here left with you. Um, you know, every wrestler has a great finishing maneuver. Uh, tell us about yours. Uh, what's involved? What's it called? And how devastating is it? Not so devastating. I, I, to be honest, I'm retired for a couple of years now. Um, not maybe not for good, but for a while I put myself to. I was relaxing. I had some neck injuries from a car accident. But um, my my finishing move more like on the. It's more. It's not very dramatic. I really like to be athletic and doing some you know, like extra moves or, you know, like cartwheel and then take it down from the top rope from a cartwheel kind of thing. And, you know, I, and then obviously I had other, other finishing moves, but never too dramatic. You know, I, um, I always like the side of the entertainment, but it's like kind of like a surprise. I had a few finishing moves and, you know, what's all, you know, on, but uh, I never, I never wanted to be like too rough because I never wanted to be look like too much of a very, very bad guy or a very bad girl, whatever you would call. And uh, so I kind of kept it in between. I like the cartwheel finish when you know the 
opponents on top of the top rope, and then I do a cartwheel, and then I take them down with my with my legs and stuff like more like on the athletic side of it, not so much on the uh, you know on the power side of it. Yeah. All right. Well, and if you ever decide that you want to get back into business and you need someone to practice those moves on, I will volunteer. Um, uh, let's go around the room here. Doug, what do you got for our guest? We have Sylvie Silver here with us. We got about uh, 10 minutes left here. Go ahead, Doug. What do you got? Hi, ma'am. It's Pretty Boy Doug Masters. Hey, I was just, what year did you uh, get broke into the business and who trained you? Okay, so I started out in 2010 in Toronto with um, Rob Fuego, and he's well-known to train lots of the WWE girls from back then, from the old times, and uh, he also well-known to uh, train like luchas, like more the Mexican styles, and, but he's, he was back then in 2010, he was one of the best in Toronto and surroundings, and uh, WWE really loved to pick people from his uh, circle because uh, he was special. And uh, so he was my first trainer, really. And then I had Taylor Wilde from TNA. And she was my second uh, She was my second trainer. And I learned a lot from her on the side of, you know, how to be a wrestler as a woman, not just the moves or not just the... Um, the physical effect of it, but how to work as a woman in the business. And then after Taylor Rise, I had, um, I moved to Mexico. So I had Tony Salazar from CMLL. And uh, I learned a lot there. They're really hardcore in Mexico at CMLL. They not just get, they, they just not just going to, uh, you know, get you away with oh, okay, you're going to come here and do a couple of moves. Uh, like They have an hour kind of like you have to go in the gym and then you have to, they take you to the, like uh, the, the uh, sessions are, are in the arena and uh, they normally would have in the arena like 20,000 people and they take this very seriously, Mexico City. So you would have about an hour like running around and up and down and up and down in the seats like, from the you know from the um, from the main floor to the top and whatever like just running around in the arena really, and then you go into the ring and then they have like two trainers, and then that's when they would train and that's where I really got like a, my well I got I guess I got the basics from Rough Wego, and then the the woman 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 part of it from Taylor Wilde, but the real physical stuff of it, I got it from Mexico. And um, it just, um, it, I, I grew myself out of it. And, and I guess I was, um, I worked a lot in Mexico and uh, I really love Mexico. They, they really, it's kind of like a Hollywood for them, you know, in Mexico City, like Lucha Libre, it's like yeah. the States and Hollywood. So, it's really big and very serious. They take it really, really serious, and and I did take it serious. So that's what I kind of like. I got all my training all these years. Gosh, sounds awesome. Hey, I got another question for you. Hey, I do. I have a show on Friday nights. Would you like to be a guest on my show if I called and got a hold of you? Yeah, I come. I I kind of okay. like. I have been invited. Uh, I have been invited. I I keep getting all kinds of invites. 
But lately I have been invited in back to Mexico and I'm thinking to come kind of like come back. So yeah, I'm up for it. Well, you know, I'm not saying I had I'm not saying I had anything to do with that, but uh as soon as I posted uh your uh that card I that collector's card I made of you, uh you would not believe how many people wanted uh to see how they can get a hold of you to get on your show. I said, Well you just gotta find her on Facebook, you know. Because a lot of people, uh-huh. as soon as I posted that picture, yeah, they said, how do I talk to her? And I said, well, uh, you know, I'll let her know. You can find her on Facebook. She doesn't have a restraining order on me yet. So uh, I think that's it. <laughs> uh, Granny, what do you got? We got about uh, seven minutes here left with, uh, with Sylvie Silver here. Well, this is Granny Holkster. We're glad you're on our show with us tonight. Glad to have you. And, you know, you were talking you. about, you know, being kind of a heel. So, Granny, I'm just a wrestling fan. I'm not a wrestler, but I have my own gimmick name because I love wrestling so much. And I don't like the heels. I give the heels plenty of you. grief. I mean, <laughs> I can, like me I'm, one of those, I'm one of those super fans that can talk some pretty good smack to the heels. But, anyways, that being said, my question is, what has been one of your most – Interesting matches that you've ever been a part of. Well, okay, I I really I okay, like I really want want to come up with something like really interesting. One, but then you you work. I'm I like I I resident in Canada, and then obviously I worked a lot in the states, but I worked a lot in Mexico, and I I gotta say, it always been in Mexico. They always surprise me. They they taking this super seriously. They they not gonna be careful. They not gonna they not gonna be easy on you. They not gonna take care of you. They not gonna you're you're there you are out there and you have to take care of yourself because these people are gonna beat the shit out of you if I can say so. So oh, I yeah. think most of my most interesting matches, I had a couple of them in Mexico where I could say I was very surprised. And to be honest, I'm going to say this, and it's, but from the bottom of my heart, I was scared for my life. And I'm like, okay, these people out here to hurt me because, you know, I'm coming from Canada and from the States, and they know that I have a name, and, you know, I'm the pretty blonde, and then they are from Mexico, and they they think that they are taking their spots or whatever. So they are there to hurt me. And for real, that's the truth. They were out there to hurt me. And the promoter is not really protecting you. They actually find it really interesting what's going to go down. Some not, but most of them would. Wow. And um, there, was, um, there was a couple of girls. One of them were really nice, but the other one was really vicious on me. And she just wanted to beat the shit out of me. Just like, actually, there was two matches like this, but two different girls, but about the same story. They were just super jealous, and then they would just really, really hurting me physically. Like, they would just beat the shit out of me. They would just hurt me, and they were humiliating me, And which is okay. I mean, like, we in a match. But when it goes out to, like, kind of like when you're thinking – twice and okay these people i might gonna i have no insurance no health insurance if they you know i'm i'm i can die here because they that serious about the match so this girl i'm just gonna give you an example i was uh down on on like that was on the floor and then she went on to the top rope and she gave me like like she gave me like a big bomb on me 
but then I turn away and I'm trying to protect myself, right? So she's not hurting my head. She purposely bumped on my head with her ass. And she was about like 180 pounds. So I was out for like a half hour. And then I came Mm. back to Canada the next day. And then I ended up in a hospital. I was on a watch for like two weeks. Or oh my! I have to say, I have to say, this was one of my most interesting or scariest. But there was another one very similar, same in Mexico, but with another girl. About the same thing, like I was crying at the end of the match, and I told the promoter, "Why would they put me to this?" And and then they just go, oh, "We're so sorry, we didn't know." And you know, it's just. Um, other than that, I don't think if anybody can bring a surprise on me or give me anything interesting because. I am I am very open-minded and I am up for everything. I think these were the more interesting when they really trying to hurting you for real, where they like yeah. on you and it's like you die, bitch, kind of like thing. Oh my goodness! Well, you know, I've had I've had several very good friends in the business that have ended up getting really bad concussions, you know, from getting hurt, you know, and everything and, and during a match and. So I can certainly understand where you're coming from from there at that point of view. So that's all I got. What I had got, a few of those. <laughs> I can imagine. Like I, yeah, it's really bad. Not now, but Your turn, big it swing. was really bad at the time. Uh, Sylvie Silver's our guest here. We got about uh, two minutes left here uh, before our next uh, guest calls in, uh, and I do apologize if you were rushed, but. Uh, we uh, uh, one quick thing here. Uh, would you be willing to come on with us again, uh, so we can have you on for a longer period of time? I would love to anytime. <laughs> okay, and then uh, like I say, I'll uh, now that you have my number, you probably have it uh, saved under "do not uh, do not answer this." Uh, like most, uh, most likely. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't blame her. <laughs> but uh, I don't real know. Maybe I'm gonna like I, I look you up. If our fans want to do check you out, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got YouTube, you got Twitter. What do you got out there so our fans can check up on everything? They just have to Google Sylvie Silver, like pop up on Wikipedia and YouTube and Insta and Facebook, whatever name it. And uh, real quick here, a couple quick ego questions. Uh, uh, I had uh, made you a cool collector's card. What was your opinion on that? On what? That little uh, card I made of you that I sent you uh, with your picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cute. And uh, <laughs> it's very, uh, you know, it makes me feel good. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, we got a big uh, December uh, show coming up for our fans. Uh, would you be willing to send us some autographs for giveaways? Absolutely. All right. Well, what I did was I texted you the address, where to send it to, whatever you can send us. We'd appreciate it. And, of course, if you can sign one to the icon, I will, of course, add it to my ego collection and cherish it forever, of course. Okay. I just added it to Facebook, I think, today, and uh, I know you can keep in touch that, too. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. I, I appreciate you joining us tonight, and I will like, I will get you on the docket as quickly as we can so we can uh, have you on for a longer period of time. Like I say, I apologize it was rushed, but uh, I, we had a little miscommunication, which is my fault. I should have gave you a better cue on when to call in. That was my fault. 
No, it was really my fault because I didn't look at the time. So that's not your fault. It's my fault. And I hope you guys have a great time, and I hope you're going to have a really good time and enjoy with your next um, guest on your show. And uh, I hope to get on again, and uh, you guys have fun. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you. We love you. Thank you so much. We love you, too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. You guys, you heard it. She loves me. All right. I think, I think she was kind of talking. I think she was talking to all of us, Icon. Yeah, but she was looking at me when she said it. Oh, was she? So uh, our next guest should be calling in shortly. This is an interview I've been waiting to do for a long time. Uh, Why is that? A quick little back. Uh, uh, Roger Wilson. He played uh, his character was uh, Mickey Jarvis in the movie Porky's. Uh, if you remember, he was the guy yes. that got the hell beat out of him by Porky and we're gonna we're gonna talk to him and uh well he was gonna, just on he was just on and now the double cut off. Uh I don't know. Oh there it is. Okay. All right, it's back. All right. All right so, so yeah. Bring him on. I'll introduce him. Uh yep, I do just so you know if you did want to cut to me, um I have to jump to the other studio. I uh Iona just won their conference tournament and I have to do all the updates on the other screen. So uh, I will be listening in the headphone though, but just like I'll let you know when I'm back. But all right, I um all right. I'm gonna cut you in right now. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping. Whoa! Out of the hold on, Icon. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. What What is that sound? I don't know. I have no idea. There it went. It's all gone now. No, well, no, it's because I muted. I, I muted his thing. Hang on. Oh. Yeah, that, that 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 that's coming from his line. I had to cut him off. Hopefully, he will uh call back in a minute. I don't know if that was a phone connection issue or what it was. I think it was a different number that had called in a minute ago and then dropped off. So hopefully if he's still listening, he will uh, call back in here in a minute and have a better connection. There was no way you're even going to be able to hear it with whatever that sound was. So uh, here we go. Okay, let's try it again now. Let me just click this just to make sure. Oh, okay. Good. So I clicked it, but it's silent when I click it. So now do your thing, Icon. I'm going to bring him on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is the winner of the best actor in the Porky's franchise. He is the (laughs) man that was redneck when redneck wasn't cool. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Roger Wilson. Hey, bud, how are you? Good evening. Good evening. How are you? We're good. Well, this so, is Roger uh, Wilson. <laughs> How are you, gentlemen? I'm here with the icon, the big swing, Gary Hulkster, and the legendary pretty boy, Doug Masters. How are you guys? It's actually well, Granny Hulkster. It's Granny Hulkster. Oh, Granny Hulkster. Well, All right. I'll catch you up for five. We'll do it again, and then we'll get into the No, that, that is definitely going to be the new name now. She she is, she is Gary no, Hulkster. No, 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 no. <laughs> You know, right, Big Swing, my, my son. Go ahead. You guys, we got we gotta we gotta do this. Okay, here we go. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, this is Roger Wilson, and you're listening to Attitude Era live with the host, the icon, Swing, Granny Hulkster, and the legend, Pretty Boy Doug Masters. Awesome. That works. Very good. Uh, all right, so uh, okay, now 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 do it now now do it again and say Gary Hulkster. No, 
No, no. Big Swing, I have enough names for my son, thank you. I don't need a new gimmick name. I've got enough. So let's continue Uh, on with this interview. Well, Roger, Roger, I apologize for Big Swing screwing around. Uh, We're we're going to get through this, okay? Okay, Mm -hmm. here we go. All right, so... uh, All right. uh, Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of do a little roundtable on this. I'm going to ask you uh, a few things, then we're going to go to Doug, then Granny, then uh, Big Swing. He's doing double duty doing basketball tonight. So uh, uh, after we get through, uh, if he's got a question, now we'll come back to me, okay? Sounds good. All right. So the first question I have, you were uh, in the movie Porky's 1 and 2, correct? That is correct. Why were you not number three? Because you were the one that got beat up by Porky. Yeah, you know, that was just a creative decision at the time. I I thought we had, you know, at the age we were being portrayed at, thought we had uh, sort of uh, done all we could do with us being pre-collegiate kids. And I would have been much more interested in doing something, seeing us, uh, you know, in college, post-college. That's not the direction they wanted to go. So, uh I sad I sadly said, well, you know, you boys continue without me. But um, they did a great job, as the boys always did. And my next question, uh, uh, there, there's two scenes I want to ask you about. Uh, sure. Probably the most iconic scene is the shower scene. You know, when you guys uh, snuck under the high school and uh, you guys mm-hmm. lifted up those pipes to check out the, the gals in the shower. Uh, what was it like looking at the gals through a peephole like that? And, uh, did you guys uh, do several takes so you could see the gals a lot longer? No, that's why they call it acting. <laughs> you're pretending you're seeing something. <laughs> you know when, oh, so you when you look at all you these, when you look at all film? these movies when you look at all these movies nowadays and they have gigantic transformers leaning down over you spitting fire the actor's just looking at a screen you know it's that's why they call it acting you're pretending so we weren't looking at girls no uh-uh what, what were you looking at wow oh man that, that ruined my childhood just now i know i'm so, well you know hope that shows you what good actors we were we had you convinced so, so, so you technically didn't get to see the girls nude until the premiere then right no, we didn't get to see the girls nude into the premiere. No. Mm-mm. Awesome. Sorry. And then the other question, uh, <laughs> and then the other question I'm going to ask, uh, and then we'll go we'll go to Doug. Now there was also a scene uh, which actually started your feud with Porky, and I'm I'm surprised that we never saw uh, Mickey Jarvis versus Porky in a steel cage match. Seems how this is a wrestling show, but uh, when you guys uh, were at Porky's. Uh, and uh, you just uh, gave him a hundred bucks, and he mm-hmm. said, "Go into this room." And uh, he asked if you guys are ready. And here comes your night to remember. Then the next thing yep. you know, you guys are swimming. Now, mm-hmm. was that uh, you guys, uh, or was that stunt people? And did they actually drop them through a hole? That was very much us guys. They did that about five times before they got it right. Uh, the, the, even though it was the Everglades, the water was freezing. And if you look at that scene after, you can see a lot of us, even though we're supposed to be in the Everglades where it's warm, we're shivering like uh, we're in the ice water because uh, that was very much us, and they dropped us into a real pool of nasty water. That, too, is called acting. 
you said uh-huh. it took five takes. Uh, was it because you, you made the director mad, or uh, they just wanted to keep getting you guys wet? No, they wanted it. You know, you want the, the director, Bob Clark, was a, a genius man and a perfectionist. And he wanted it where everybody fell in exactly at the right time and the camera was in focus and the light was right. And, you know, they didn't get it right the first time. There's a scene where um, I'm uh, at the pickup truck window uh, and I kind of ram up onto the beach and I get out of my pickup truck and I'm sort of like, I think the line is, I broke the whatever's guy with my, I broke uh, his hand with my face. And I fall backwards into the sand. And I kind of like pass out backwards into the sand. Well, if you look at that, I literally fall uninterrupted flat on my back from standing up on sand. And I must have done that about 20 times. And I couldn't even walk the next day. So, you know, you you suffer for your craft, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the line was, they they said, did you whip? And you said, heck yes. I used my face to break his hand. That's right. <laughs> and then uh, I fall well, backwards. And that took, because every time I fell back, my head would either be too far, too close to the camera, left or right. And it took a lot, many, many times to get it right. But that's movie <laughs> that's making, awesome. you know? That, that's movie uh, making. Uh, Doug, what do you got? Yeah, it's pretty boy Doug Master, sir. How you doing? It's an honor but to do that interview. Uh, great. Thank how you, uh, Thank you. I know you just kids back then. How how old was you when you back in that movie, and, and what inspired you to become an actor? Um, I was about twenty two years old, and you mm-hmm. know I was all I was um, acting is something I never did it in high school. I never did it in college. I was a real pretty strict student, and I was headed for law school. And I just said, you know, I've been in school too many years in a row between grammar school, high school, college. I want to do something different. And a friend suggested that I go audition for, uh, my, I say a friend, my sister, suggested that I go uh, audition for an acting school in New York, a really good one. And I said, well, why in the world would I do that? And she said, I don't know. I just think you'd be good at it. And I went and auditioned for the acting school and I got in. And in that, in that school was a young girl named Pam Dauber, who was Mindy on Mork and Mindy. Oh, and, okay. And I didn't have an agent or anything at the time yet. And we were in class one day doing a scene. And she said, Roger, do you have an agent? And I said, no, not yet. I just started. She goes, well, my agent, wonderful guy named Carmen LaVia, um, uh, it's a William Morris agency at the time. He, he said, he's got this movie he's telling me about, and they're looking for guys and maybe some from the South. And aren't you from the South? And I said, yeah. And she goes, you ought to go meet him. So I went and met him. And, you know, I had a certain, I guess, kind of thing about me, different than most actors in New York, being from the South and all. And um, he sent me up, and I met Bob Clark uh, about a few weeks later. And I went up for this audition, which in itself is an interesting story, the audition for Porky's and who was there and everyone. everyone. It was an amazing thing. I'll tell you about it in a sec if you want to hear. And uh, sure. next thing I know, I'm in this movie. And uh, it was one of the greatest adventures of my life. And I was very, it was my first movie. And um, all of us, all the boys in Porky's, it was all of our first what they call a lead in a movie. Some of us 
had been in bit parts. Tony Ganos had been in The Wanderers. He was very good in a movie called The Wanderers. Um, but mm-hmm. most of us, this was our big break, you know. And, uh, and uh, I, I Tony guess I, I, I wanted to do something different with my life is to answer your question, you know. Okay, and Tony cool. Ganyas played Meat in the movie, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And he also uh, would appear uh, several years later in uh, Die Hard 2. Uh, he's the guy that's that right. killed the uh, the caretaker of the church. That's right. He's great in The Wanders if you haven't seen him. He's terrific. Terrific. And uh, it's a great you, movie, too. And you said you still have yes, contact is. with most of these guys, right? Yeah, I mean, I we haven't spoken in a I'd say about a year. Uh, we just, but you know, this movie is <laughs> thirty thirty. How many years? Thirty eight years ago, this movie came out, and um, all, for most of those years, we have always uh, kept touch with each other. It's it's uh it's like going through the Marines together in a way. You know, you're always gonna even if you don't see each other for years, you run into each other, and it was like yesterday. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, uh, and we talked about this earlier, uh, you can you know, pass my information on to some of those guys. And I would love to get, uh, Tony and I would love to get Don, uh, uh, Dan Monahan. Um, uh, I mean, I'll talk to him about being peewee, uh, of course, but the one movie I really want to talk to him about is up the, well, I'll pass on your information to him. It'd be my pleasure. Awesome. Uh, granny, what do you got for our guests? Roger Wilson, I guess we've got about, uh, 25 minutes here left with Roger. And uh, uh, I know I'm sitting here drooling all over myself, and I know our fans are like, of course, the icon's going to do this. But like I say, Roger, you were one of my first movie heroes. I'm not saying that just because you're on. It's true. You were one of my first uh, movie heroes. You know, you played, you know, you played a redneck in the movie. Of course, that's before Jeff Foxworthy made uh, You Might Be a Redneck If. You know, I'm just surprised right. that Jeff, uh, Jeff Foxworthy never said, if you get beat up, by a, a guy named Porky, you might be a redneck, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, Granny, what do you got for our, our guest? Well, I mean, when Porky came out, I mean, when the movie Porky came out, that was 1981, and I was yes, like ma'am. 17 years old. I had just, I mean, graduated from high school in 1980. But what I remember, I mean, I did see Porky's, and I saw Porky's too and everything. But what I thought was very interesting was the TV series Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. What was it like to work with Richard Dean Anderson? Because I always loved to watch Richard Dean Anderson when he was in MacGyver. I mean, he's one of my favorite actors. What was it like to actually work with Richard Dean Anderson? Well, it was great. I mean... Richard was a, a great actor. He had been a, a big soap star before he came on uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. He was, I think, the number one heartthrob uh, soap star and doing all that television day in and day out like you do with the soap. True mm-hmm. professional. I mean, he really knew uh, he knew his craft incredibly well. And there was a, a, a couple of uh, great actors in that. I mean, all the guys were great, but ones you may know, Peter Horton, came out mm-hmm. of that show and did 30-something. But the one mm-hmm. I have the fondest memories of was the one that played my my smallest brother, who really became like a little brother to me for the two years we did that show. And it was his first job ever, a little young actor named River Phoenix. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you look at that show and you look at River, he was nine years old when he did that, 10 years old. Wow. And, then, you know, River, 
River became, you know, River became the greatest actor of his generation. And unfortunately, um, you know, he had a very, very way, way too quick. Uh, we lost him way too quickly. And his yeah, yeah, whole family, you know, I, I, I met them all at the same time. River was there and Joaquin was even younger than River. And Joaquin mm. has gone on to be, and his sister Rain, and it was this amazing family. Uh, the Phoenixes were an amazing family of love, and they were a very um, naturalistic family. And th- it was that's when I think of Seven Brides, I think of the boys, of course, um, uh, Peter and Rick, Richard Anderson and Carrie, who played the the, the bride. And but I always think of River, and uh, I feel myself very blessed to have worked with that young man and the short time mm-hmm. he was with us. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, that's uh, all Roger I got, Icon. All right, Roger mm-hmm. Wilson is our guest. Uh, and uh, I, I, I want to I circle back to Porky's. Uh, and, you know, forgive me if, you know, if I keep doing that. But uh, there's, a oh, few, sorry. Uh, there's a few other things. Uh, there was a scene there where you guys met Cherry Forever. Now, here's what's interesting. Cherry Forever... Uh, and uh, you were on you you were on the set with her uh, and also Alex Karras. Now, what's interesting is you were on a set with two people that would become Webster's parents. Right, <laughs> that's right. Now, yeah, I was I was kind of curious in that one scene. Uh, you know, there was all the guys, and you guys were with uh, Cherry Forever. And of course, uh, you were the only guy that waited out in the hallway that didn't get nude. Was there? Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, Cherry Forever, you know, Webster's mother came out and she was wearing lingerie. What was it like working with her and Alex Karras? And if you have any uh, cool stories about Alex and uh, Susan Clark. Sure. Well, they they were amazing. Uh, Susan and Alex were amazing. And the reason I didn't have my clothes off is because I refused to take them off. And that was a real bit of contention with me and Bob Clark. And he kept saying, well, you got to take your clothes off. And I went, no, I don't. He went, of course you do. I go, why would I take them off? I'm in on the gig. I'm in on the joke. All these other guys aren't in on it. We went round and round, and finally he saw it my way because I really didn't want to take my clothes off, to be honest with you. So uh, so I got away with not taking them off. Um, but it's a funny thing with me and Alex Karras. As you know, Alex Karras was one of the greatest NFL football players of all time. He was mm-hmm. a defensive lineman for the Detroit Lions. And I was born in New Orleans, and um, my father was one of the original owners of the New Orleans Saints. There was a, a guy that owned 51% of them, and then there was a bunch of New Orleans guys that owned 7% each, seven of them. And because of that, I got to be the water boy for the New Orleans Saints the first few years they were in existence playing in Tulane Stadium. I was just a young kid, just seven, eight years old. And um, and so one day there's a very famous game between the Detroit Lions and the New Orleans Saints at Tulane Stadium where a kicker named Tom Dempsey, who had half With the club a foot, foot. Right, club right, foot, right. he kicked the longest field goal at that time in history, outdoors 63 yards. And if you look at the video of that kick, you see when the ball lands in the end zone, you see this guy, this kid jumping up and down behind the goalpost. And that was me because I was behind the goalpost holding balls 
for the referees, you know, like extra footballs. And so now some 30 years later, whatever that was, uh, 25 years later, I can't remember, 20 years later, whatever it was, I'm not doing my math right, I'm on the set with Alex Garris, and we've done all these scenes together where he's smashing in my my pickup truck and I'm freezing from the water and we're having this big drawn out scene with he and I, and we're having dinner after the scene. You know, you have lunch dinner breaks, even though you film it at night, you call it lunch break. And um, I look at him, I go, do you ever remember when you were Detroit Lions and I go through the thing with the game and he goes, do I remember? Look at the film, Roger. And if you look at the film, he goes, none of us even rushed the kicker. We all just, the minute they snapped the ball, we just all turned around to look if he could make it because no one had ever attempted, I don't think, a kick within 10 yards of that. So it's pretty bizarre that a guy that I'm standing on a field with and he's a pro football player and I'm a ball boy, we both wind up being part of one of the great comedies of Hollywood history. I guess you call that showbiz. (laughs) And, you know, what's interesting – about that is when Dempsey made that kick uh, that uh, helped put the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs that season. Yes, yes, that's right. You're right. <laughs> now, uh, Roger Wilson is our guest here. We have about 20 minutes here left with you. And uh, like I say, I, I'm, I'm at all right now. And that's why I'm stammering because, you know, you're uh, – you know, you are one of the the bigger guests that we've had on with us. And being in that movie, uh, do you remember uh, – this is a quick question. Do you remember what vehicle you had in that movie? Do you remember what kind of vehicle it was? Yeah, I had that, 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 great, old, that great old black and white pickup truck, yeah. And uh, did uh, did you uh, get to uh, drive that a lot, or did you try and purchase it like after the movie, or did they say – you know, they had, they had Bob Clark. Um, he's such a perfectionist. I mean, I can't – let me just say for a second that um, I can't say enough about Bob Clark, the director of Porky's, because everybody thought he was crazy making this movie, including us. He would tell us, this is going to be the biggest movie in history. This is going to change comedy. This is going to, you know, we would kind of just look at him like, what are you talking about? You know, we just didn't get it. I wish I could tell you that I can only speak for me, but I wish I could tell you that I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be the most financially successful comedy in history. <laughs> and Bob, Bob, and, and Bob, Bob knew. He just knew in his heart that so many people would relate to all the different things that are going on in Porky's. You know, most people, when they refer to Porky's, they refer to the shower scene and the sex and the virgin and, you know, losing your cherry and Lassie and this and that. And these are certainly very, very important parts of it. But if you go back and you look at Porky's one, it literally deals with issues from anti-Semitism to parental abuse to alcoholism to racism to sexism to, and he does it as all great stories should do it. He does it through comedy and it eases your way into being engulfed by it. And 
and I, you know, it's just, you look at, a, I look at a lot of comedies these days and what Porky's had that I really think just ignited the country besides all the, the funny bits and the unimaginable hilarity of the bits. It was so, everybody was a unique standalone character. Everybody, someone related to everybody, some to Pee Wee, some to me, some to me, to Mrs. Balbricker, some to Lassie, some to the gym, you know, and Bob just created this, like, I, the only two movies I compare to it, not because I'm in it, but because of the genius of the director, is American Graffiti, which was directed by George Lucas, and Animal House, you know, and the directors of those two movies are very, very and amazing directors, and I would put Bob right up with them. I think Porky's, Animal House, and American Graffiti, Porky's one. I'm just talking about Porky's one. These are the iconic coming-of-age movies of that period from the 70s through the 80s. And um, so I just, I guess I got off on a tangent, but I just want to say that uh, the reason you all are fans of Porky's, it isn't because of me. It's because of Bob Clark and the genius that went into that movie. May his soul rest in peace. Another person who left us way too young, you know. And, uh, you know, a couple months ago we had uh, Scott Schwartz, who uh, was in A Christmas Story, which also was done by right. Bob Clark. Uh, probably, huh. uh, probably other than It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart, probably the most iconic Christmas movie. So here you got Bob Clark doing the most iconic Christmas movie and the most iconic coming-of-age, you know, uh, movie. Says a lot about Bob Clark. <laughs> you know, and you know the thing, and the thing about Porky's, you know, when it first came out, you know, it was, it was panned by the critics. Now it's a cult classic. Yeah. Now, when you're ever flipping through the channels, like I remember seeing it many times on USA Up All Night and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, since, since you, you know, you made, when you made the movie and now mm-hmm. all this time has passed – Whenever you see it on the cable guide or like this or that, you like you like go and turn it back and watch it and say, "Oh, I remember that," or "I remember that," or you uh, not really pay attention to that anymore. No, I, you don't really. No, I mean, if I I don't see it that much on TV anymore. There was a period though where you saw it everywhere, and people would say, "What I'm still amazed at is people come up." And they'll go, wow, you're the guy from Porky's. And kids will say it to me, and I'll, like, kids. And I go, how the world would you know that? They go, oh, well, my dad made me watch it, and my mom made me watch it. And, you know, because I guess it it had affected the mom and the dad. So they were like, you know, you got to watch this. It's it's very – I get a kick out of that. But whenever I see that movie, um, it was a very magical time for me and the boys for Cyril and Wyatt and Dan Monahan and Mark Carrier and, and Cyril O'Reilly and Tony Gagnos, Tony Gagnos and Scott Columbia. You know, it was all, we were all just kids starting out in the business. You know, I, I mentioned it's like going through boot camp and the Marines together. The minute I see them, I usually think of them in a very fond way. I think of Bob in a very fond way. And, you know, I think you're just blessed to be part of a project like that because you can be an actor and you can be a very successful actor, not which I was particularly, but you can be one and you can never be part of something as unique as Porky's that has the lasting power of that. And um, I feel very blessed to have been a part of it. I really do. 
Awesome. Roger Wilson is our guest. We've got about uh, 12 minutes or so left here. And I know we got a few. Uh, I know I got a few more questions. Uh, I don't know if you do want to come on with us again if we haven't uh, scared you way too much. But uh, like I said, no, I'm no. over here drooling all over myself. Uh, if Big Swing is back, do you got any questions? Are you back? He, he must he not must be, back. be with the basketball. No, I, I am. Right. I'm doing. I'm doing both. It's just uh, uh, up here in New York. Um, Iona, Iona just won their 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 tournament game, and it's here in my home. It's in Albany, it's in my hometown. Oh, so I'm kind of our, our station is so so our station is covering like that game, but then in the other studio we're doing this one. So I'm jumping back and forth. Uh, don't you worry right. about it, man. Go do your basketball. Sorry, but, but I, I've seen I've seen Porky's. I have. I I was I was born in '88, but my parents, um, you know, my dad watched a lot of that stuff. When he was in college and things, so I, I have I have seen it, yes, um, and, and you know I do appreciate it, and, and it is uh, one of my favorite comedies. I would have to say, so I, I will I will give you oh, that. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, now, what's interesting in in the movie, uh, you were uh, you were like uh, a blonde surfer boy, but in right. actuality, you, you you're a you're a dark-haired guy like me. What was the deal with that? Well, let me tell you, it's a good maybe story to end with. Porky's, the year Porky's was cast and made, there was an actor's strike, a Screen Actors Guild strike, and a Writers Guild strike in Hollywood. And so there was not a lot of auditions to be had. And the reason Portable to move forward was it was a French-Canadian production, believe it or not. So when Bob Clark came to New York and he held these auditions for Porky's, this is what I was referring to earlier, we held the auditions, believe it or not, outside in Central Park. And he held them at one of the basketball courts in Central Park, outdoors. And basically, Bob loved to have actors move and speak at the same time. If you look at the opening scene where you meet all of us, I pull up in my pickup truck and I get out and there's this long tracking shot where all of us are walking and talking at the same time about what we're going to do with setting up, you know, the gag in the woods at the cabin. And Bob was right. Actors get less nervous if they're walking and talking. So he wanted to do these auditions where guys were throwing the basketball around and dribbling and I mark my words, and if you ever got them on the show, they'd have to say yes. Every famous actor you know was at those auditions. Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, Kevin Bacon, Matt Dillon, Mickey Rourke, you name it. Because we all started in the same group together, all those. And literally, it's a miracle that the ones that got it got it because – you had every young superstar in the world. And the reason being, Porky's was one of the few jobs to be had. I think it was like October of 81. It, it was, everybody was chomping at the bit, all the young actors. Um, so, uh, and so Dennis Quaid was also there. And Dennis Quaid actually got my part and I got Tommy's part. And then Dennis Quaid dropped out to do a movie, the one where he's on the bicycle, called um, um, Great Movie. 
were a bunch of kids in Indiana. Same guy that did Hoosiers. I forget the wonderful movie about kids riding in this famous bicycle race. Anyway, he dropped out, and Bob asked me to play Mickey, and he asked Wyatt Knight to play Tommy, and he called me one day, and he said, look, all you guys are brunettes. I got to have you stand out. Would you mind dyeing your hair blonde? And I went, no, I don't mind. So we get down to the set, and we're getting ready to shoot. And I don't know if you know about when you dye someone's hair from brown to blonde, but you I need to that. strip it. You, you yeah. need to strip. You need to strip it of the color first, and then. And when they first dyed my hair, because I had so much auburn in my hair, it went pink. And this is the day before shooting, and then it went pinker. And then finally, they had to dye it white peroxide and then put blonde in it. So, but the funny bit is, is that so many people reacted positively to it that I stayed a blonde like the next seven years of my acting career. And it's true. Blondes have more fun. It's true. Uh, Roger Wilson's like a... Roger Wilson is our guest here. We got about uh, seven minutes left. Uh, one thing I did promise uh, you, Roger, I said that uh, you could uh, uh, pitch your current business venture. So go ahead and tell us about that and uh, how our fans could uh, come check uh, out where you're at. Yeah, I'm living uh, in Aspen, Colorado. I've been the Great Ski Resort. I've been coming to Aspen since uh, I was a young man, uh, you know, just fresh out of high school. Um, believe it or not, the studio that made Porky's, 20th Century Fox, uh, the company, the Fox Corporation, they used to own Aspen, the real estate, the mountains. And they brought me here after Porky's for a big event. So I've always had a really fun time coming to Aspen. I came here all the time when I was living in L.A. as an actor. And I made friends with some guys that about a year and a half ago, asked me to partner with them and do what is now called the 7908 Supper Club in Aspen. And the web address is 7908aspen.com. And 7908 stands for the elevation, the altitude of Aspen, which is 7,908 feet elevation. And it's a really great place. It's a, a supper club based on the old great supper clubs of New York, like El Morocco, Copacabana, 21 Club, where you eat, you drink, you dance, to live DJ every night. It's a beautiful space. We opened in uh, the end of this summer. This is our first winter, and uh, I'm the owner, and I'm really proud to be the owner. And if you come, uh, you know, Aspen has two great seasons. The skiing is great. We're having one of the best winters ever here. But the summers are beautiful here, too. You golf, tennis, hike, whatever. So if anybody listening comes to Aspen, come to 7908 Supper Club. The address is 415 East Hyman Mall. It's right there, East 415 East Hyman Mall. It's right there, dead center in the heart of Aspen. You can't miss it. It's a really fun time to have, and uh, we'd lo- I'd love to see you. Say you came uh, after no. listening to the show. <laughs> now, if the uh, if the icon were to uh, come up and visit you, do you think uh, you might be able to get them a few drink tickets? I think icon, you got nothing to worry about. You'll have all the drink tickets you want, buddy. 
Awesome. And then uh, uh, two other quick ego questions. Uh, sure. Uh, this may be an odd request, but would you be able to send me an autograph menu? I would. If you tell me the address where to send it, I'd be happy to. I, I just texted it to you. Okay, great. I'll get it to you for sure. No problem. I'll send you. Okay, we got way, some really cool. Uh, we got a really nice, uh, cool baseball cap and T-shirt and all that. I'll send you all that. Okay, and then we can use the shirt and uh, cap for giveaways for our big December show. And uh, you know, I, I I have to say this real quick because I'm going to have my dad listen to this interview because, uh, uh, of course, uh, you know, in my house, you learned the birds and the bees either by reading the penthouse form or watching Porky's, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I chose to watch Porky's. Uh, but my dad's favorite line in there, you might remember this, when they were about to uh, take down uh, Porky's club, uh, they they messed with the wheels on the tire of Alex's Karras' police car. And uh, right. he says, ain't nothing wrong with this car, boss. You know? <laughs> That's right. You got it. You should have been an actor, man. You do good imitations. <laughs> and uh, I also, I, well, I also gave you the best in-ring introduction you've ever had, too, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You certainly did. I appreciate you all having me on the show. And I made you a cool collector's card, too, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you told us what the uh, the address was for our club, and uh, we do appreciate you being on with us. And uh, hopefully, like I say, if you haven't... Uh, 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 scared you way too much. Uh, we'd love to have it on because I think right now this is the highest listened to uh, forty-five minute segment in show history right now from the hits that we're getting. Oh well, good. All right. Well, that's great. Congratulations. I hope I. I'm glad to be a part of history with you guys. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Thank on. you. All right, y'all have a great night now, and uh, God bless. You and, uh, Hope to talk to you soon. Bye bye now. Bye-bye. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Awesome. That was cool, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, it was. Cool, man. All right, well, I'll tell you what, hey, yeah. guys, uh, real, real quick here. I know we got a few more minutes here before we got to wrap up, but uh, all our guests for next week have confirmed. So we're going to have Don Gray, <clears throat> Hazel Annie, and Diana Hart-Smith. Uh, the widow of the British Bulldog uh, is going to be on with us. Okay. And... Uh, you guys, uh, I want to let you know, uh, and I, I've never, I've never said this before, and I don't want you guys to think I'm getting emotional or not, but I kind of am. But uh, of all the people I work with in radio, not to take anything away from uh, my friends Ben and Jim or anything like that, but of all the people I work with in radio, you guys are definitely like a family to me, and I look forward to doing this show with you guys every Monday and I want people to know God willing we are not going anywhere any going away anytime soon and I'm proud to say we now have full guest docket from now until next March 1st we're that far wow. ahead awesome wow Icon. awesome knocking down the park brother awesome man now uh, Doug did you send those uh, autographs yet yeah, they should be getting there any time, man. I got them on. I got okay. them in the mail. Awesome. I got them in the mail, and uh, plus, uh, I'm gonna be uh, sending you some numbers of some of my guests I've had, and and I'm gonna be having. I got this month booked already, and next month halfway booked. I got some guys in Oklahoma I started out with that uh, 
they like to do these podcasts, and I talked to a few of them the other day, and maybe they'd love to do your show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot some numbers your way, and we'll be talking about it later on during the week. Right, and I uh, also want to let you guys know about another guest that we got coming on in a couple months. His name is Bob Roop. Uh, hey, Bob. Hey, you Bob Roop was on my show, and I swear, I swear to you, Icon, we talked two and a half, going on three hours, and we hadn't even got started yet. I'm gonna tell right, you that right and, now. Uh, yeah, he's going to tell us about what it was like being held captive by Saddam Hussein himself and how he had yeah. to commandeer a military vehicle to escape from Saddam Hussein before he got killed. Yes, and wow. the question got, he's, probably, he's probably going to promote his book because when I had him on my show, he was getting ready to release his book, and he was wanting to come back on my show and to promote it. I said it would be fine. I've sent him a, text, a message. I don't know if he's... Uh, when it was going to come and, out, uh, he was wanting to do that. And Grady, he's going to be on your guys' show too. You and yeah, uh, be train. Yeah, uh, tomorrow I think. I think it's going to be tomorrow because yeah. I saw B train over the weekend at WSC, and uh, he mentioned something about it. So. And uh, when when he's on with you, you guys gonna you gotta let uh, you know tell them, uh, you know that uh, the icon says hello and. Uh, uh, he'll probably say something like that. Egotistical son of a no. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I gotta you know I gotta share something with you really quick here. Sure, go ahead. Um, you know I saw B train over the weekend. You know, and in his former job, you know, he always used to run into a lot of WWE superstars. You know, because he worked at the airport there in New York. You know, and everything, and um. He worked at the car rental thing, you know, and, and stuff. And and he was talking to, and I don't know where he was talking to Alexa Bliss about this, but one time I got to meet Mickey James when TCW was running several years ago. They did a show in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and I got to meet Mickey James. And he was talking to Alexa Bliss about me. Now, mind you, this was probably 2012 that I met Mickey James. So we're talking like seven years ago. Mickey mm-hmm. still remembered who I was. She says, oh, Granny Hulkster, yes, such a sweet lady. But she told Alexa Bliss, you don't want to mess with Granny. Awesome. <laughs> and I, I took that as a true honor because, you know, cause, and and also I want to say it, I, it's a blessing for me to get to work with all of you Every Monday night as well too, you know. So, you know what they told hey, Alexa hey, Bliss about I, me? What? What's that? You're probably gonna want to slap him. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, but Mickey James remembered who I was, and I only met her that one time. So to me, that was a that was an honor that she even remembered. Who I was because I remember the match that she wrestled against cheerleader Melissa. She was the heel, and I was hollering at Melissa like I always hollered at all the bad guys. And Mickey James says, "Hey, you leave my granny alone." <laughs> well, now Fun I'm uh, I'm I'm, ofi- I'm officially jealous. And um, Granny, I, uh, I I wish that um, you know Alexa Bliss uh, knew who I was, and Mickey James knew who I was. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you this one more time. Raiders! And, I, and, 
we got to get up out of here. We'll see you guys next Monday for the best quattro on radio. We'll see you. Dead man.